silence. The silence about the solar throne filled the great hall like water, like the deep dark of the sea. Not a soul stirred. From my place amongst the courtiers, I watched the two common soldiers where they knelt on the mosaic. They had crawled the length of the hall, proceeding down the central aisle flanked by members of the Martian guard like scarabs in their formal blacks. How long had it been since two persons of so low a station had come to that exalted place? The white vaults had stood like Olympus atop the clouds of Forum for more than ten thousand years, and save for the artisans who had crafted them, creatures whom the nobile people about me would have spurned like insects, despite the beauty they had wrought, I was prepared to wager my good right hand that fewer than a hundred serfs had knelt before our radiant emperor in all that time. That they were in that place at all was a signal, clear as the changing of bells, that the world had changed. That they would speak in that place of gold and carnelian, that hall of ivory and jet, was a sign that the change was terrifying. Both soldiers knelt at attention, eyes carefully fixed at the base of the dais, where fifty-four steps rose toward the gleaming throne, flanked by the knight's excubitor in armour of mirrored white. By the stars at her shoulders I saw that one of the soldiers was a ship's captain, but it was the other who spoke, rough tones betraying him for a common legionnaire. He had been prompted, coached on what to say by Logothetes, and by the eunuch homunculi who served the imperial presence. But fear floated off the man in waves, and for a tenth and unnecessary time he bowed and pressed his forehead to the tile. "'Your radiance,' he said, voice breaking, "'Holy Emperor, I abase myself before you. I am Carax of Aramis. I have been your faithful servant for nearly eight hundred years.' His tongue tripped over the words, and I could tell that he'd tried to rehearse them. I were at Hermonassa, Radiance, were on the inviolate when it fell. From the reports I'd seen of the battle, I knew the inviolate had been the flagship of the defense fleet at Hermonassa. It had died nameless, for once violated, it was the inviolate no more. The woman beside Carax had been its captain. By rights, she should have ended her life after so devastating a defeat. Perhaps she intended to do just that when this audience was ended. Carax spoke, describing the Sielsin attack on the flagship. The pale came aboard, cut through the hull and swarm in. Ships leaking air, life supports compromised. I don't know a thing about the battle outside, but the captain's ordered retreat, and we're pulling back to decouple the bridge section when— Get to the point, snapped the slippered eunuch at the soldier's side. At a gesture from the androgen, one of the Martians advanced to chastise the legionnaire with the haft of his energy lance. 
Let the man tell his story in his own way, came the voice imperial, halting the androgen and the Martian in their tracks. Karax and the captain at once pressed their faces to the floor as a child hides from the thunderbolt. Caesar's words resounded from the throne, amplified by speakers hidden in the filigreed vaults above, so that he spoke godlike from every corner of the hall. When he spoke again, it was not unkindly. He has travelled far, and seen much that interests us. We would not have his tale hurried. Spluttering thanks, Karax straightened, still on his knees. But you wanted to hear about it. Almost I thought I could hear Karax swallow. About the pale king.